a little, little bit of an odd place for the pulpit to be, Rod. <laughs> I know we're supposed to hide behind the cross, but I don't know, hide behind the tree. <laughs> well, you almost don't, don't need a mes- message after that, right? That was awesome. Thank you, kids. That was terrific this morning. Really appreciate the hard work you put into that. Christmas really is a time of joy, is it not? It's a great time of joy. Doesn't it just bring joy into your, fa- into your, into your home when uh, you put up that tree and you start to decorate and you're reminded about everything that Jesus has done for you? Uh, Christmas is just that time of year that brings joy. We, we have joy when uh, our families gather together and uh, enjoy one another's fellowship and we maybe sing together and we eat together and we laugh together and play games together and it just brings joy into our lives and uh, we we have joy when when we give gifts and we receive gifts like just happened just now Rod was a little surprised by that that was awesome it brings joy does it not and and does it not bring joy when when we see our children uh, unwrapping their special gifts on Christmas morning and their eyes pop and, and it's just a wonderful time. And there are so many other things uh, that bring joy during Christmas time. And you know, it was during that very first Christmas that there were also an immense amount of joy. Briefly, let me just share that with you. Uh, Mary and Joseph experienced joy when baby Jesus was born. We read this story in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, it does not explicitly say so, but what parent who gives birth to a brand new baby isn't filled with joy and wonder? And so you can only imagine the joy and wonder there was in Mary and Joseph as Mary gave birth to this little baby. And, and she took that little baby after Mary gave birth, and, and she, the, the scripture says she wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And, and this is a picture of just uh, how Mary and Joseph were given a child because of their love, and, and they were just response, responsible parents. They were caring parents. They were... They were responsible to take care of this little baby in every single way that they could. And wrapping Jesus in swaddling cloths shows us the care and the affection that they showed for this newborn baby. And what joy and wonder when they looked into the face of this little baby. And what they saw was not the likeness of Joseph. No, no, no. It was the very face of God for the very first time ever in all of time. Two people looked into the eyes of God, and what joy and wonder that must have brought to their lives. The shepherds also rejoiced. Luke chapter 2, after the shepherds went to, went, went to see Jesus, verse 20 tells us, and the shepherds returned, listen to what they did, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word praising in that verse, when when the shepherds went away praising, 
The word praising is the very same word used for the angels when they were praising and giving glory to God in verse 13 after they saw the birth of the newborn king. And so we can only imagine or we can conjecture that perhaps the praising that the angel or the shepherds were giving after they went to Jesus and saw what the angels had said was true went away praising in a like manner of that of the angels who were also praising so there's this great big piece of praise and and wonder going on at the birth of Jesus Christ and when we sing today when we were singing those songs today what are we doing we're doing the same thing we're just following the example of the angels and the shepherds and praising God and giving glory to him for everything that he has done and we 2,000 years later know exactly why Jesus came to die for our sins to pay the penalty to pay the price for which we could not pay ourselves and it was so wonderfully depicted in the play this morning it's for that reason that we have joy at Christmas time when the wise men saw Jesus they also were filled with joy it's back in Matthew that we read that story beginning in verse 9 after listening to the king they the the wise men uh, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was and when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house they saw the child with Mary his mother and they fell down and they worshiped him now it's evident that the star that the wise men saw was not a was not a, a, a physical or rather a heavenly body it, it wasn't it wasn't literally a star because why because we know that stars don't stand still in space but rather this star came and it stood still over the house two years later now they're in a house where the baby child was could it be that this star was the Shekinah of God himself just as God the glory of God the physical manifestation of God appeared to Israel in the desert by the pillar of cloud the, the cloud and the pillar of fire could this have been the Shekinah of God leading the wise men to where Jesus was and and did you did you know that when the wise men saw the star it had disappeared when they went to Herod and then when they left Herod it reappeared again and it says that they rejoiced exceedingly. That phrase means an exaggerated form of rejoicing. I mean, these guys were super pumped. I mean, they were so happy. They were hilarious. They were, they were jumping up and down. They were just rejoicing. It was an over-exceeding amount of joy. It must have been, I don't know, it almost seems like they were surprised that the star reappeared again because of how happy they were. And when they actually saw Jesus, they go to the house, they find Jesus. When they finally see him, they bow down before him and worship. You see, the celebration of, of Christmas is never a somber event. I mean, how many people have you ever gone to see? You go to a birthday party 
with a frown on their face. Here's your gift. I hope you enjoy it. No, you don't, you don't ever see that, right? You go to a birthday party and you're, you're happy, you're rejoicing, you're celebrating, you're singing happy birthday, you're blowing out candles, you're opening presents. It's a happy event. And that's why Christmas Eve service is such a joyful event because we're overcome with feelings of thanksgiving and joy because we know why Jesus came. And finally, when we meet Jesus today, we rejoice. It's over in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5 that we read, verse 11. We read, We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Why do we rejoice today? Well, because we've been reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. Now, that word reconcile is a huge word. And it simply means to reestablish a close relationship. And so Isaiah puts it this way, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. In other words, because God is so holy, because he's so righteous, because he's so pure, we could never enter into his presence because of sin in our lives. And so now we have a problem, right? Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 says of God, You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. Whoa, we got a big problem. We had a big problem. God saw the problem that we had, that we could never be reconciled to God because of any of our good deeds, because of any of our goodness, because of anything that we could accomplish in and of ourselves. God saw that problem, and he sent the solution. His name is Jesus. And Jesus Christ came to this earth to, to pay the penalty. Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 puts it this way. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. By whose life? By his life. We could never reconcile ourselves to God. God knew that. We could never do enough good things, be good enough, act good enough, be kind enough. That would never bring us back into a close relationship with God. But we are reconciled because of Jesus, because of what he did. That's why Jesus came, to reconcile us to God. And that's why we rejoice, because Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. And I hope that you've placed your faith in that one and only one who can save you from sin, Jesus Christ. This is the time to do that. Jesus says today is the time of salvation. Trust in him and he will save you. We often, we often sing that hymn, you know, joy to the world. In fact, it was sung here this morning in such a wonderful way. Joy, sing, choir, sing it with me. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive his king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven nature sing, and heaven nature sing, and heaven and heaven nature sing. 
Why do we sing that song on Christmas? Because of what Jesus did for us, it brings joy into our heart. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. He's come for you. He's come for me. He's come to save us, to redeem us, to reconcile us back to God. And for this, we rejoice. And I hope that the joy of that first Christmas, the joy that happened with the angels and the Magi and Mary and Joseph, will also fill your home and your life this season as you celebrate his coming because he reconciled you back to God. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing that for us. Thank you for coming, redeeming us, making us your child. Thank you, Lord, for uh, bringing joy into our lives, joy into our homes, and joy into every single life that receives you as Savior and Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would allow us to experience that joy in you this Christmas season. In Jesus' name.